Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Well, if you didn't notice, I was not live today on Alex Garrett Podcasting Productions uh, because, uh, well, I had some system issues, but it looks like we're up and running now, thank God, and uh, got a different layout on my laptop because of the update. Anyway, um, I have wanted to reach out on a, a couple fronts. Um, firstly, firstly, did you know the U.S. Navy has one of their own back home? That's right, a prisoner an american prisoner held or an american held in iranian prison was released yesterday this is amazing michael white a us navy veteran was released yesterday after being in prison for nearly 2 years and yes he did extend his gratitude to president trump i want to extend my personal thanks to president trump for his efforts both diplomatically and otherwise he told fox news and NBC is reporting the story as well. So they're actually reporting that. And so here's the point, everybody. As much as he's been sort of bungling his way through this, it's amazing that some of his efforts still work uh, globe, you know, on the global stage. We're getting people out of prison still. It was pretty remarkable that this this veteran is is released during this chaotic time, something we can certainly cheer And uh, he was detained in Iran in 2018 of July after visiting girlfriend there he met online. White was sentenced to 13 years in prison and President Trump got him out after he was convicted of insulting the country's top leader and displaying a private photo publicly. White's been in fragile health and had been undergoing treatment for cancer. And then he was granted medical furlough in March due to the coronavirus. While he did contract covid He's recovering pretty decently and uh, a lot better thanks to the Swiss Embassy and all the efforts of the Trump administration. So he's coming home. Michael White is coming home. And if this isn't a way to say, well, maybe we're starting to reopen here, I don't know what is. And then just so I don't sound you know, like I'm ignoring it, there was a horrible incident in Alabama last night. Seven shot. And um, just terrible. Seven killed in Valamorsa Springs shooting. And so the unrest continues. Dozens more arrested here in the city as well. But I want to bring an upbeat focus to the Times. And my friend Monika Brozaskowska, Monique Consulting, does just that right now. All right. Well, I am going to welcome back Moni. Uh, Moni Brozaskowska, I think is how you say it. Um <laughs> You are, as many who listen to us know, you and I went to school together, and now you've got your own company with climate change. And you have forwarded me a very interesting link about the Black Lives Matter movement and climate change. But firstly, you were on the ground at one of the many peaceful protests around Queens and, and whatnot. Tell us your experience being a protester and, and, uh, and what that's been like for you. Yeah, well, I mean, there's so much to say, you know, I've, I've already made a couple of videos because I never feel like, I never feel like the discussion is covered enough, you know, um, there's always so many different points of view about it. And, you know, how I got into even doing it, why I'm doing it, right. you know, how I acted during it, all of that. So, um, so I think the easiest is actually to start with how, like what influenced me to go. Or, you know, oh. how I even ended up being there. Um, because I wasn't planning to go. <laughs> like, I, I had no idea about it. Um, my best friend literally texted me, like, that day of the okay. protest. And I woke up 10 minutes after I got this text message, which was also 10 minutes after the protest was supposed to start. <laughs> wow. So, um, you know, so I wasn't really planning on it. Um, but then I was talking on the phone with my other best friend. And... We're talking about this protest and, you know, I just, like, I don't know how to explain it. It wasn't really even a thought. It was just like, I have to go. <laughs> like, I have to go. It, it was like an urge, like a like a push, like I have to go. So I just dressed up really quickly. I was prepared for anything. Um, you know, right. I, actually, right. I was reading some interesting things on Instagram about protests. So, you know, when it went, sorry about that. No, it's okay. You're good. Um. 
obviously a very popular person. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, you're a business saying. owner. Of course you're popular and busy, you know? Yes, yes, you're right. You're right. That's true. It's a nonstop all day. But um, I was saying that, you know, I actually read these tips about protests right in time for the protest for me. Okay. Um, you know, they said, you know, they said things like bring water. So I did, you know, I, I remember to leave my valuables at home. I, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how crazy it was going to be. So I even wrote down my mom's phone number on my hand, uh, on my, um, my oh. arm, actually, just okay. in case. Yeah. You know, as an emergency contact, I really didn't know how it was going to be. I didn't know how involved I was going to be. You know, I didn't know what to expect other than that I had to go and that I felt like I had to show my support. And then you're there, and it looked a bit smaller than maybe it was. And it looked like you were leading the the marchers. Is that right? Like, were you the leader of the pack there? Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was, and I wasn't even trying to be. I literally was on purpose trying not to be because you know I I realized that this was this was not something I was supposed to be leading exactly. You know, this is not my movement. Um, but somehow it ended up with me being on the front lines, anyways which I'm happy about, um, well, but it, really, it didn't start with me. Um, it actually started with a different group that I joined, but then it, it got switched because they were first in the front, but then the cops told us we had to move. So I became the front. <laughs> and so then I was leading the rest. Let of me it. ask you about that part. Cause in the video you say, you know, they stop us, but we're not stopping. And, and so what is the difference between those who do listen when they say step back and those who still want to keep going, moving them forward, causing them to react a little bit as well. Uh, like, can you that question a little bit? Sure. Like the protesters, well, those who I, I think want to, those who loot and create havoc probably are ones that would storm past the police. So how do people stay that fine line between staying peaceful and actually not letting the emotions get the best of them in that moment? If that makes sense. That's a good question. Um, obviously, the answer is very complicated because we can understand why, you know, I can understand where this rage is coming from. Um, I don't personally support, you know, the looting and, and all of the violence and everything. I don't, but I understand where it's coming from. Um, and I think, I think what resulted in the effect that happened when this cop said that to me or to us was the way that he said it. Okay. Um, he was polite about it. He didn't tell us that we have to stop. He just said that we can't be in that space. Okay. And I think that was him, you know, acknowledging that this is happening for a reason, but he has to do his job. Yep. This and is I, a, thought, it's, it's I a thought it was fair. It's a different aspect of what we've seen. And to be honest with you, Queens has sort of stood out here, right? So we saw the guys, uh, the protesters kneeling and the cops kneeling together. I mean, this borough has kind of showed the nation how you can truly get a message out without going the violent route. I think so. But, you know, um, it's crazy because obviously most of us, most of us really want the protests to be peaceful and for the peacefulness to be effective. Um, you know, but it's also very hard if people are not listening to words, you know, and mm -hmm. they're just combating and with all this tear gas and everything. And like, you know, that's where I find myself in the middle because on one hand, um, you know, peaceful protests should never have to deal with those things. Um, and they are, and that's not fair. Like, how do they deserve being tear gassed and having their supplies ripped apart and everything? You know, that's, right. that's not right. It was uh, dramatic to watch in Minnesota. And I can only imagine, you know, how dramatic it is in New York when that happens. Because we're a, a very tighter density than Minnesota. You know, we've got it all crammed in here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you do this protest. And, and did you feel like you were seeing a totally different narrative playing out with your fellow peaceful marchers than what the media wanted to tell us? Um, I actually saw both sides um, because when I first got there, uh, there was actually a group of men 
that were running around the block and smashing the windows of the mall and you know banging on the boarded up walls and everything um but the cops chased them away and you know that was what like 10 minutes of the protest while two plus hours of the remaining protest was peaceful um so i think you know it's safe to say that majority of the protests are in fact peaceful and only a small portion of it is is what the media is saying i would i would agree with you one thousand percent you you picked up on you you said a couple things earlier firstly you said it's not your movement but i kind of think now this conversation is everybody's conversation to have that's true you're right we all have a role to play in it um you know, it can't, it can't be just one group fighting this. It has to be every group. Absolutely. No. And, and we're seeing that. And then you said, uh, and the essence is how do we do this without forgetting that this, you know I mean? How do we not lose our sight on this now that we've seen it fully, fully, you know, we're enraged. Everyone's enraged about this. Um, how do we keep the conversation going after the next couple of weeks when who knows another story might pop out of nowhere? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. That's, that's where I find myself. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I actually lost a lot of followers on Instagram recently because I've been discussing these issues. And I think that maybe, maybe people don't understand exactly what it is that I'm saying when I say the things I say, mm-hmm. um, because like I said, I am, um, I'm trying to see the the whole picture. I'm trying to see how everyone's point of view is, you know, incorporated here. Um, and you shared that graphic and, last night, which I thought was a pretty powerful graphic, actually. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's very hard to be in this position because I'm trying to fight for everyone's life. You know, I'm trying to fight for everyone's equal rights, and and somehow I end up being targeted. But you know, oh well. Well, I've got to ask uh, you this: how, Did the people start saying, hey, you know, you have this platform, you should say something. Were you getting told that a lot? And did you feel like you were being rushed into making a statement about this because of the possible pressures on you to make a statement? I personally didn't. Okay. Um, but I know that many people have felt that way. They have felt pressured. For me, it was a really quick reaction. I already knew where I stood on these issues. Okay. Um, you know, I you know I didn't make a, an official company statement or anything, but I did show my support even through my company. Um, well, talk about that because I know you did a you're doing a fundraiser now. Is that still happening? Yes, yes, it is. It is still happening. Um, you know, and I've made it very clear that my company will not support racism in any way. We will not work with any known racists. You know, if I'm aware of it, then I will automatically reject it. That is, and, and that includes your workers as well, I'm sure. Yes, yes. So, I'm really proud because my team is very diverse. It's made up of both, you know, men and women of all different races. So, you know, I keep it that way. Well, and I'm glad, you know, it's just good to know that there's some peace in the world right now dealing with this over the what we're seeing on our screens. Um, so I've got to ask, you know, we all say all lives matter and we get, clap back for that but what's your take on that whole all lives versus black lives if you want to weigh into that debate oh <laughs> i know i do we do get a lot of clap back for that um it's very hard to answer that question as well because um i see it in two different ways because obviously all lives do matter mm-hmm. um but i understand the point of view where um you know it's they're not saying that that our lives don't matter it's it's more that the spotlight is on their lives right now and that's correct of course it is um but my personal view of this even though that's correct and i agree with it um is that there are also other troubled groups Mm. um that are you know being victimized right now um at the same time and you know i saw something today or maybe it was yesterday, but it was really recent. I saw a post about how um, the people that are being held by ICE, you know, ICE. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're saying, like, where were our protests? And, you know, they're they're upset about this, too. And then the woman that posted this said, we, we did have protests. You weren't there. 
<laughs> and oh. it's just like it's it's crazy so much is happening um you know but but the point that i was trying to make is like you know there are other groups that are also being killed and you know um being neglected and everything and it's like even though this is happening right now and we have to shine the light on it right now we also have to worry about all the other groups that are being affected at the sure. same time you know, it's a, it's a big planet. <laughs> There's well, a lot of people. And this is the thing, even with COVID, right? We saw so much coverage on that, but no one said, hey, what about the human trafficking that's still going on? Like, let's put it this way. Our enemies and enemy forces do not stop when we stop. And I'm, I'm always fearful when we put a break on, the, on life, that that will give the other side such a bigger opportunity. And we just have to limit that opportunity the most we can. So to your point, covering other things as well is important to not lose sight of. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's really hard to keep your eye on like, you know, 20 different issues at the same time, but it's important that somebody does, you know, and, and that's why it's so important to have everybody Mm -hmm. all acting as a team and not fighting just one issue, but fighting all issues. You know, we're supposed to be one team. As a small business owner, though, when you see it do get out of control, that must hurt your soul just to see that your fellow yeah. business men and women are, are really being affected by this. It does. Um, I'm not going to lie. I've gotten pretty upset at the people that didn't understand it. Um, you know, they kept saying, well, it's just property. Um, it's not just property. <laughs> it's right. not, you know, to some people, maybe if they have a lot of money, but to people who put in their entire life savings and their soul and their, their blood, sweat and tears into their company. And then one day it's just destroyed. It's not just property. It's somebody's life. It's somebody's family income. And it's a lot. It's their drive. That's what gets everybody up in the morning. You get up because you have a business that they care of. And also, by the way, what they're missing or what they want to ignore is that George Floyd himself, A, wouldn't have want what was going on in honor of him. That's not an honor of George Floyd, the looting and all that. That's not an honor of him. But he also changed his life around. You know, he was in prison for five years from 09 to 14, ends up in Minneapolis to get himself, you know, better. And he made sure his life mattered. And I think that's a big message. Like, we can fix it. We can fix ourselves if we truly want to. Yes. Yeah, I, you know, he is a big inspiration for so many things. Um, Well, let me ask you this, you know, a lot of time, and I've been guilty of this, when I see the streets being blocked off, like traffic being blocked off by protesters, I'm like, what's this about? Um, But I think now everybody kind of has the idea that peaceful protest does work, right? I mean, we've kind of all acknowledged that now, maybe more than before. Yeah. Yeah, it does work. Um, but, you know, to something that you mentioned earlier, it's only going to work if we follow it with action. You know, now that the voice has been heard, the ideas have been, you know, they've been brought out, people are talking, people understand that something, something is wrong and has been wrong, but now we have to actually change it. Mm. And that's important. And I'm sure the black box on Instagram doesn't do it justice, does it? No, (laughs) no, it doesn't. And, you know, it's, um, you know, as some people say, like, obviously, it's a good thing, because some people genuinely mean it. Like, for example, I did do it, and I do mean it. Mm -hmm. I did too, yeah. Yeah, you know, and obviously, I'm sure that you and both, you know, me and you, we mean it when we post that. Other people, unfortunately, may just be doing it because everyone else is doing it. And they feel Um, pressured to do it, possibly, you know, that kind of thing, too. Um, but here's the other thing. And I think what I've realized is, um, maybe I arrogantly assume, and maybe we do arrogantly assume just because we're friends with the African-American community that just because we support them, um, aside from the movement, maybe we haven't really addressed their needs as much. And we assume we do because we're friends with them. If that makes sense. Um, I don't know. Um, you know, I've honestly been crying for for this whole week, every day that I see all these posts and about how much pain they've had to deal with and everything. And it's like, it's not that we weren't aware that this was happening, you know, um, 
And that's obviously where people that cared stood up as best as they could for their friends and for their family. Um, but we haven't done enough. Mm. We haven't done enough and I don't know why we haven't done enough. Uh, I don't know why it took so many bad things happening for us to start working on this. And like, to really, yeah, and to Minneapolis's fault. I mean, the PD had this operation. You know, this was standard procedure, knee on the neck. Who thought of that? You know, I don't know. I don't know. But that was happened 237 times in four years. How was there no correction on that to begin with? I don't understand that one. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, there are so many other ways to take someone down without having to do that. I don't understand why they did that at all. I don't understand why they didn't stop when he was saying that he couldn't breathe. That's ridiculous. Um, any, any good cop, any trained cop that mm -hmm. wanted to take him down without hurting him would have found another way to do this. Do you think this was about, uh, I think this was more dramatic than Eric Garner, but the Eric Garner video, video also was pretty damn horrifying if you think about it. Yeah, it was. It was very clear that these cops did not care about this person's life. So how do we how do we solve this? Because we're not the politicians. We're not those um, that we we don't make the law. We can influence it. I think. Um, but where do we go from here? Where do you see us going from here? Uh, well, okay. So so personally, I don't know. I think you're aware of this, but you know that I want to get into politics. I do. Um, yes. <laughs> I want to get into this because of this very reason so that I can do something on a large scale. Um, but politics is obviously not the only way we can affect change. Um, you know, a lot of people have been saying how, how we should start at home, uh, talking mm -hmm. to our families and our friends. And I think that is very important. Um, you know, I was just thinking about it today about how there's kind of like different levels of people and and how racist they are <laughs> you know there's obviously some that are zero racist and then there are people that are like you know very clearly you know you know they're racist um and they don't care that they are they're they're proud to be racist mm. then there's like this other range you know in between where there's like some people that may not be aware that what they're saying is racist and mm -hmm. all it takes is a, a very simple pointing out to them like, hey, that's, you know, you shouldn't say that. That's not good. And and those people are going to be very easily brought over to the side of... Not you mean having dialogue, Moni? I feel like that's almost impossible in today's world to have dialogue. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> it's hard to say anything. You say anything and it's it's wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't mean we should stop trying. No, and I, I applaud you for saying let's let's reach out. Like, And here's the other thing about all this. this. This kind of behavior is in upstate New York. It's in Suffolk, Long Island, sadly. I mean, we have it on our own doorsteps. It's just, we had a kid tearing down Black Lives Matter posters on in Queens. I mean, this is not a, um, this isn't just a Southern, um, how do you say, Southern thing where the South is everywhere has the issues. Yeah. And I think if we do address it, I think schooling is important too. You got to change the narrative. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. That's why um, I, I said somewhere in one of my videos I put on Facebook about one of the kids in my lives, in my life, sorry, not lives. I don't have more than one. <laughs> uh, in my life, there's, I, I have three little girls. They're not mine, but they're my friends. And one of them, she's 11, and she posted a TikTok video, and she was getting mad. And, like, it's 11, you know, keep in mind she's 11 years old, so... She put a picture or like a video with a song and in the like the caption of it, she says, pretty much she's saying, why are black people being targeted? What did they ever do to you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and like, this is a kid's, you know, obviously this right. is a kid's yeah. perspective, but it's so simple and, and she's so right. Like, what did they ever do to like? Right. No, it's you know? so true. And um, I'm glad that she is, she is pointing that out for her generation as well. Yeah. Um, TikTok, I know you're active on there a lot. And they've also gone under fire for sort of hiding African-American posts. Is that true? Like, is there some kind of algo that is blocking them? Or have you not heard about that one? Um, 
I am not aware of that. Um, but I do know that there's a lot of like really weird stuff when it comes to TikTok. Like um, if you if you use one specific filter, you get more views than if you use another one. If you use one song, like mm-hmm. it's very weird. TikTok is very weird. <laughs> it has a lot of really like just weird algorithms. I don't know how the FYP works. That I, I still have to figure that out. Um, you, you talked about the levels of racism and I mean, maybe I'm, maybe it's cause of the, whatever my brain, but I was just thinking of like the black jokes that people tend to make. Is this the end of that? Like, is this the true end of like demeaning them through those, those ways or? I don't know, you know, because, um, both sides make a lot of these jokes, like mm-hmm. black people, black people make a lot of people, uh, jokes about white people white people make a lot of jokes about black people and like a lot of the time it's really it's really just supposed to be in in humor it's Mm -hmm. not supposed to really be offensive and a lot of the time I do laugh about a lot of the things about white people because it's so true (laughs) there is a Um, lot of Karen stuff if you know what I mean there are but but there's a difference between poking a little bit of fun and then jokes that are really hurtful you know right and I guess that's where we're kind of you know speaking of Karen's is this Amy Cooper in Central Park, the same day is exposed for this thing. I mean, what a week to really expose people's inner thought process, I, I think is a safe way to say it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there was another girl who also very, like, very openly admitted that she's racist and she lost her university scholarship for it. Mm. You know, the university's like, yeah, we don't accept this. And that was a big move. Well, the university level, um, I've actually kind of seen some sad stories where a professor is telling them how to break down a window. And it's like, come on, you're a professor. You shouldn't have to, you shouldn't be teaching that. But I think there is sort of that kind of mentality where just get them while you can. And we've got to change that too, to, to even it out, if you will. Can you explain that a little bit? I'm well, sure. and I'm sending the link, but the Washington Times was reporting on a professor, you know, telling them how to do the loot, how to, you know, really destroy oh. property and all that. And I'm like, you're a professor. Why do you do that right now? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, professionally, I don't know if that's the right thing to do. Mm-mm. You shouldn't. You shouldn't really be encouraging criminal activity. Um, you, you might feel yourself in a position where you don't necessarily stop it, maybe, if, if other people are doing it out of your vision. Mm-hmm. But I don't really know if encouraging it is good either. Moni, I've got to ask you this, and it's probably one of the most controversial parts of this because we focus on the Black lives and we focus on them mattering. But you also are an advocate for the police. So where do you come down on all that? I mean, how do you strike that balance? Uh, yeah, I know. Huh. Yeah, that's, that's a hard one because I do. I support good cops and underline good cops. <laughs> you know, the, the bad cops, shouldn't, they shouldn't even be here. Like, well, I don't would know you what say, they're... shouldn't we do internal reviews of all our departments now and see what's really going on? I think that's what it's, it's time for. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, um, I also found myself torn between because um, – I I also wanted to pursue a career that has to deal, uh, you know, that deals with law enforcement myself. Okay. I wanted to personally do something in that field. I don't know exactly what yet, um, but ever since I was little, I kind of dreamed of being an FBI agent. Um, I always wanted to chase down bad guys and stop them. And I think a lot of the, you know, a lot of these cops is that is what they want to do. They mm-hmm. want to stop the bad guys. They, they went into this career because they want to protect people and they want to, you know, stop the, the evil in the world. Yep. And yep. I don't think that, I don't, I don't think it's fair for those to be mixed in with the, the cops that are very clearly not there to do this. Um, I know. That's, number one. And then of course, see, I think, as I mentioned earlier, this is an eye-opener for the conservative that says, why are they blocking our streets? I mean, now they get that that's actually a better alternative than what we're seeing spiral out of control. And yet, I don't know. I just, I hope this conversation, just like Memorial Day, right? We honor the troops on Memorial Day. 
then they're just put back away, you know, until July 4th. And these conversations have to be ongoing. And as a small business owner, it sounds like you want to do that. You want to do just that. I do. I do. And actually, I have a second company um, that me and my best friend just opened. And one of our biggest goals, like one of the biggest parts of our mission statement is inclusivity. So we want to make sure that we represent everybody from, you know, all different ages, all different races, all from all different backgrounds. And how do you plan on doing that? Like, do you have an action plan set out or? Uh, kind of, kind of, um, you know, like for example, our models, when we do have clothes that are ready to, to be modeled and, and, you know, photos and everything, we want to get all different kinds of models, not just one type, you know, sure. not the standard runway model. <laughs> We're going to get all different kinds of people, everyday people, you know. I know you had sent me an article and that, that is awesome by the way, because we need it. We all, that's another thing. It it is about making sure people can be comfortable in their own skin. Like that's going to hopefully be the ultimate message now, right? Like you can be comfortable in your world because we respect you more. That that's gotta be a goal too. Yeah. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for people in every issue and everything, everything in this whole world. That is our number one goal is for people to feel safe to be themselves, to be able to enjoy life and to to be here on this planet and not have to be afraid of anything anymore. Oof, and that's, um, that's a tall order when we're also kind of told to be fearful of everything. I don't like that message either coming no, from anybody. I definitely do not like that message. Life is not meant to be lived in fear. It's meant to be enjoyed. It's meant to be an expression of who we are and what we want to achieve. And so is it safe to say, or or is it okay to say that maybe we should stop telling, you know, the the African-American community, Hey, you have to fear these people. That's all I hear when I hear some politicians talk is like, you have to fear them. No, you don't have to fear them. We have to work together. That's the whole point. Exactly. Respect to some degree. Fear? No, absolutely not. Why should we? We shouldn't be afraid of the people that are supposed to be leading us. We're supposed to look up to them. We're supposed to respect what they're saying, mm-hmm. you know. And it's and it's on their like it's their job to say things that we can follow and that we can respect, you right. know. So it's both it's both ways. It's not supposed to be like a hierarchy. It's just supposed to be like. I don't know exactly, maybe a partnership, but, you know, it's like the government and all of these, these are supposed to be leaders, not right. bosses, <laughs> and definitely not tyrants. You no. know, there's, no. there's a big difference between a leader and a tyrant. Mm-hmm. Hey, Moni, for those that are listening to this and they still feel afraid to walk out, I, I want to make this point that you opened up a business last year. I mean, you were afraid to do it. Were you afraid to do it or were you nervous? Like, what was that? And here you are a year later. So tell us your story. Yeah, I was terrified. Absolutely terrified. I didn't know what what to do. I didn't know how to do it. Um, but I knew that I wanted to do it. Mm. And I think that's more important than anything else. The desire to do something. Um, yes. yep. usually, usually the how. And, you know, well let's just say the how so usually the how follows the why (laughs) and the want you know like once you want to do something usually you'll figure out how to do it along the way amen uh where there's a will there's a way and (laughs) your company kind of can tie into all of this because you were sent me an article from medium about the climate aspect of the black lives matter movement so tell us about that yeah yeah, actually, I was really happy to find that. I found it on LinkedIn. Someone else posted it. And I, like, me and my team, were we were just talking about this not that long ago for one of our projects because we were trying to focus on areas of New York City that are most affected by climate change. And that ends up being low-income communities, which now is even more related to what's happening. Yeah. You know? So someone, someone said, and, like, I... I basically rephrase on my LinkedIn and it says justice for all includes environmental justice. 
do you want to opine more on that? Because this is your field. This is where you're working on the environmental and the climate. I mean, what else would you want to add to that conversation? Well, maybe I would explain like just a little bit why uh, these neighborhoods are affected yes. so much by climate change. That would be great, like, actually, to give us know, an understanding. Um, a lot of a lot of like the dangerous equipment and fossil fuel, you know, all of that. Um, they're usually built in these neighborhoods. Okay. On purpose, you know, because you know, in their in their view. I'm not saying this is this is not my opinion. This is their opinion. So, you know, a lot of them they don't want to build in well, these dangerous things in wealthy uh, wealthy neighborhoods. They want to build it in low-income communities, right? Because sure. they, you know, they value wealthy lives over, you know, non-wealthy lives. Well, can we so, say that? Can we say that's the same for the COVID issue because they were such a disproportionate of testing. That it became like a what the heck's going on here moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's very clear that there is a um, elitism, you mm -hmm. know, like they, mm -hmm. they very clearly value money over anything else. And to them, you know, lives are not equal, um, which is wrong. It's very wrong. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It should matter what you do, who you are you know, how much good you contribute to the world. But, but to them, it's all about the money. And so they don't want to, they don't want to lose the votes and they don't want to affect the wealthy people. Mm. So they're affecting the people that they consider less valuable. Now, would you say that's a both sides of the aisle issue? Because I think it kind of is, to be very honest with you. I'm sorry? Do you think it's like a both sides of the aisle where even the Democrats don't care as much or do they care, uh, do they show they care as much as they say they care? Uh, it depends. <laughs> yep, I would, I would, I would agree there. Like, the, the Democrat side has really ranged these days mm. in ideals, you know, in ideals like, like, I'm sorry, but Joe Biden, what kind of Democrat is that? Well, like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe people disagree with me, but I, I can't imagine him being a Democrat. Well, can I you know. imagine? Uh, the, the incredible thing about that was he says this on the Friday of uh, Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> Memorial Day weekend ends, we get this video on the Monday. And it's just like, how is it one racial issue with when he said that to this? And it just, it did not make him look good in that moment. It really did not. No, the way that he said it also. <laughs> How did he say it again? You, you must if not you be black. If you, if you have to question me over Trump or something to that effect, then you ain't black. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, that was not a good statement. <laughs> that was not at all a good statement. And he is really going on this tour of trying to make nice to the community, but they see right through him. Um, just like the community yeah. for some of the reasons. Although... To be really honest, there are a lot of black, you know, in African Americans that are supporting Trump during this whole time, and that's fascinating to see too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because that's the okay. That's the problem with having a two-party system is that it you always end up having to choose. Like, and that's why everyone I speak to, they always have to clarify. Okay, so fiscally on this, but socially on this, and it's like that shouldn't be a thing <laughs> you know like you, you shouldn't have to be torn apart whether you care more about business um issues or social issues like there should be a party that cares about both issues and, sure. and some like it shouldn't be the this or that how about you know um let's let's do this compromise so that it benefits the most people and this yeah. you know like more, you know i i i just sense the 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 frustration, but also you have this will to keep moving forward. So in this time, you said you're crying every day this week. How do you get up every morning, put your mind to it, put the emotion maybe aside or maybe use it to motivate you? I'm not sure. But how do you do it? How do you just black it, black it all out, but distract yourself 
from that and say, I'm going to work on what I need to today and say upbeat about it too. Yeah, <laughs> no, I had to do that today. <laughs> I, I didn't, I wasn't able to work the last two days before today. I, I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know. I just, I really couldn't do it. All I wanted to do was fight for this issue. I still want to fight for this issue. Um, but I think it's more of a question and the, like the question is, okay, how do I say this? So the way that I was able to wear today was knowing that everything I do, mm -hmm. um, I consider to be for the, the betterment of the world. So by doing my job, I actually am helping. Um, so that, that always motivates me, making sure that I do my role in this. Sure. Um, you know, but the question to everyone else would then be, how can you use what you do to do better for other people? Uh, yeah. Well, and obviously it's going to be different because we have different situations, you know, like, for example, I, I don't have kids yet. Um, so my priorities are different than someone who has kids and they have to worry about them. You know, mm -hmm. it's going to be different and we can't attack the people that are doing less, you know, um, I, I saw somewhere it's like and like I'll explain this better but it basically said this this guy said who cares if you have privilege use it <laughs> yeah. you know and I was like okay like I, I got what he was saying like obviously it matters that there's there is privilege but but he's right about um if you have those resources you have, you know, what they call, what, how did they say it? Clout? <laughs> yeah. Right? Clout. Yep. I'm not update on all of these words, but, but clout, like if you have a following, use it. If you have money, use it, use whatever you have mm -hmm. to help people. Moni, I, I love that too. And uh, to your point, just a, a couple moments ago, a friend of mine wrote a whole paragraph on why he hasn't responded yet. And mental health is a big reason why some are staying quiet because they don't know how to process this enough to make a statement. And uh, as, as my radio hope, Mike Myers morning guest says to me, uh, you know, co-host at this point, um, if we put our head out of the sand, we're going to get reaction no matter what. So it's just, how are we going to deal with yeah. it? Are we going to deal with it head on or are we just not going to do deal with it at all? I think that's that's where we kind of have to have a tough skin um and and like my friend she said this to me because I was getting a little bit upset because um I consider myself to be a really sweet person and really understanding and I really try to be there for everyone for every type of person it doesn't matter to me but I was getting all this negative feedback from people not most people were not most people understood where I was coming from but but some people didn't understand what I was saying they thought that I was somehow lessening the issue or, you know, something that that's not true at all. You know, it's just, I see it in a different way. Yeah. Um, but then my, my best friend, she told me, she says, you know, you can't take this personally right now. Um, and it's true. You know, I think a lot of people right now, they're not seeing how other people are trying to make this uh, a whole planet thing. Right. Mm-hmm they they are just focused on this they want to fix this so like a one you know mm -hmm. straight path they want this fixed which also makes sense um so right now we just have to understand where their anger is coming from and just do our best to show that we're allies and that we're going to help in whatever way we can yeah that's what we that's what we have to do and as you know, my tones kind of change on all this in just a few days and talking with people and having that dialogue. So, um, Moni, people are nervous, but they want to come to you. Uh, where can they find you for even just counseling? But, you know, if they want to do business with you as well, where can they find you for everything? I'm on almost everything. <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, Facebook. Which is a Instagram. great thing, by the way. Thank you. I know. I try to, I try to make myself uh, accessible in a way, you know. Like, I want people to talk to me. Um, I don't respond to negative comments, but I do respond to constructive criticism. Mm -hmm. If there's something that you think that you can, like, politely educate me on, please do it. Do it. Because right. my mind is always open. I'm always willing to learn something new, a new 
way of seeing something. I'm, I don't get offended by that. I really, truly want to mm-hmm. be the most, um, you know, the most understanding. And that, that comes from information. It comes from hearing people, di- you know, different ideas and opinions, everything. So come with me. <laughs> come I, I love with that. Me. Come with <laughs> the Moni Consulting. And the name is called Moni Consulting, Environmental Consulting. Remind me the name again. Um, so the name of the company is actually Mani K. Okay, Mani uh, so, K. Mani K, yeah. Yeah. M O N I. And the letter K. And so that's the environmental one. And then the new one, the sustainable fashion, that's the new company. Uh, that's Mani plus B. Oh, cool. Have you launched any socials on that page yet or, or on that? Um, we're still working on it. The official launch is going to be in August. Well, so it's going to be a that, virtual. When you have that launch, I'd love to have have you back to talk about that too. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd definitely. Be, that'd be great. Um, one more thing, because you just as we're talking, you just keep getting these questions popping up in my mind. Um, how important is it before? Because you just said you know the emotional reaction. How important is it, especially now, to have measured responses to everything you see if you're going to respond? People still think they could just type on their phone and that's it, but they really should put yeah. more care into this, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Everything that, I, even, even right now <laughs> talking right. to you, I have to think about what I'm going to say because I don't want it to come out the wrong way. Maybe it'll still sometimes come out the wrong way, but at least I tried, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, but, uh, but it's important to, to try to respond with as much sensitivity as we can right now. And with, you know, yeah, I mean, but but kind of I feel like it should be coming from both sides, you know. Uh, let's try to make this an uh, actual discussion and not an argument. Like Oof. let's, you know. <laughs> I've heard you know someone like yeah I've had a war with my whole family. It's like really, you can't just talk normally with everybody. I don't know. Yeah. It's just very strange. That's that's the thing, um, you know a lot like, uh, because. We obviously understand why there's the war, but it's not going to help. <laughs> and that goes with everything, you know? Anything that you try to convince someone of, if they have a very strong wall against it, whether intentional or just conditional from like a lifetime of being taught this over and over again, attacking them is not going to work. Um, you know, they're just going to, like this, they're going to ignore you. Everything you say is just, it will not work. Mm. You have to go, like, behind that wall. You have to drop their guard, explain to them why this is important. You know, if they still don't get it after that, <laughs> they're on their own. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but after that, sorry, I can't help you. You are clearly not trying. You're not open to this. This is not going to work. Um I but guess to everyone you, there's, else, there's like a, a, a breaking point, I guess you call it. Mine, do you have a storefront too that you're hoping to get back to? Or do you? Um, yes, kind of, actually. In July, I'm finally getting an office. <laughs> nice. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. It's been a long, a long wait, over a year to get my own space. Um, That's cool. You know, so I'm really excited about it. I'm hoping that it'll bring in more clients and more people to talk to now that I have somewhere for people to gather. So, uh, It's funny you mention that. When I really was starting out on radio, like not many people were going through the halls, advertising. And I just had this vision that I would love my business place to be Grand Central, right? We want people in and out of our place day after day because that means we're doing something good. And that is what matters to me. Um, exactly. And just to see business busy, I mean, that, that's just the natural thing. Uh, June 8th is on Monday. We're going to reopen. Any prediction for that from what you're hearing, from what you're seeing? Is it going to be crazy or are we going to kind of be very happy to be out again little by little? I think most of us at this point are ready to be out there <laughs> mm-hmm. no matter what's happening. Like we're obviously going to follow as many precautions as we can, but we we don't want to be stuck inside and it's normal to not want to be stuck inside. <laughs> like we want to live. We want to see our friends, our families, you know, experience life. Um, so 
you know, I think the, for the most part, it should go well. Um, but people have to do this slowly because otherwise we're going to mess it up and we're yeah. going to be although maybe not i mean those blood. those 200 and you like the link so i figured you had heard this the 200 kids at ozark didn't test positive for covid so i'm not sure how that happened when they said it was easily spread i don't know how that happens but 200 people not affected yeah. gathering like that i mean personally um Again, I'm going to get some criticism for this, but uh, I I don't think COVID is as big of an issue as it's made out to be. And I'm not saying it's not an issue at all, because I actually know people personally who have been affected like by it. Um, but as with almost any, like, mm-hmm. almost anything, um, people need to build immunity. And we won't be able to build that if we're stuck inside. And also, at the same time, other than physical health, we're destroying our mental health. Yep. And, you know, that is just as big of an issue as physical health. Mental controls everything. Trust mm-hmm. me, I know, because I've literally had psychosomatic symptoms before for years, mm. all because of something that my mind told me. So when your mental health is not good, you're physically not going to feel well, you know, either. Right. So, and I don't want the will of the people to start disappearing. That'll be the worst thing. And to your point about it being not a big, not as big a deal. I sat on this podcast, reading out numbers from Queens. I'm like, Oh, I just got this. There were 4,000 cases. You look at the fine print, the very, very fine print. They didn't even test some of them to see if they have it. So how are we supposed to believe those numbers if they're not even testing? It just doesn't, it rattles my brain. Uh, just saying, yeah, there's 4,000. And then you read later on, 100 weren't tested. I don't know. I just, Yeah, plus, you know, I was telling this to my best, one of my best friends. I have two, so I'm going to use them interchangeably. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was telling one of them about how I think that actually um, a lot of these like spikes in numbers um they're not actually from new cases they're actually from cases that have just been now tested like before they weren't tested and now they are because there's Mm -hmm. more testing available so that also means the numbers are going to go up but that doesn't mean necessarily that those are new numbers they're just newly reported numbers it's funny you say that we had zero zero now is what they were saying today um for the first time since mid-march I think that was deaths anyway so we're um we're hanging in we're definitely hanging in you okay i think so yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry oh. i had to charge my laptop but um uh-huh. no you're right you're right the numbers are obviously going down um i know a lot of people are worried about a second wave in the fall or winter um i don't know how true that's well even fauci has downplayed that. that dr fauci has downplayed that so there's hope um there definitely is and thank you for joining me throughout the pandemic. We had you at least once during it. So thank you for weighing in on here. And, and once again, um, doing your thing on my podcast. So thank you so much. I'm always happy to be here. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, reach out if you need a friend. I'm always here for you. So, Likewise. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. I'm Alex Garrett. We'll <laughs> talk to you again.